I do love that intro. Hello and welcome to a special show for this uh, mandatory pick six payout at Santa Anita on Sunday, February 5th. This uh, fun Sunday between the championship games and the Super Bowl where we can focus a little bit more on horse racing. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornatal. Happy to be joined once again as we have been fortunate to be uh, a few times this year by professional horse player Duke Matisse. Duke, how are things? What's going on, Pete? Everything's pretty good. Um... Just need more winners. Yeah, we all do, man. We all do. Though uh, you were pretty good on Pegasus Day. You gave out. You you were all over uh, Wolfie's Dyna Ghost and a few other horses that, that that ran big. Were you able to put it all together and, and make any money? Uh, the the big race killed me. Um, the Pegasus itself killed me. I didn't have Art Collector anywhere, but I, I have been pretty good on my best bets. That's for sure. My two best bets on the last three shows, or three best bets on the last three shows, I think all have won and and all paid uh, decent. Good money, exactly. Not not too bad at all. Yeah, we even talked about that one potential angle, and I was not smart enough to do anything about it, but we talked about that one potential angle on Art Collector with the jockey switch, and if that signaled maybe a change in tactics, I just thought he was going to get burned up on the front end. I didn't see him sitting and finishing like that. Was there anything after the race that you were able to come up with on him, or it was just one you weren't meant to have? No, no good for me. Um, yeah, we talked about him, but not in a – not in a too positive way. So, I mean, it was just, uh, just one of those races where he got, I think he got a, you know, a good setup that might, we talked about that mile and eighth race being tricky. You know, it is yes. very tricky at Gulfstream. You got to be forward. Uh, you can't get shuffled. You can't be wide in the first turn. There's a lot of, a lot of bad trips will come out of that race. No, that's an excellent point. Now your hat tips the hand as to who the, the third guest on the show is going to be, because he's usually the one wearing the Astros garb. We've got him coming to us now. From the planet Texas, all the fine work he does uh, on the mic at Sam Houston and over at InTheMoneyPodcast.com. He's Nick Tamaro. Nick, what do you think of that? That's a pretty, that's a nice looking hat, huh? Man, this is like sheer brilliance. I've got one downstairs. I was like a heavy favorite to have Astros gear on. So, Duke, if I loved you before, I really do forever now. How about that, huh? <laughs> Great. This goes back to my, uh, this goes back to my Garrett Cole days on the Houston Astros. Got a replica right. right here. Yeah. Oh, nice. I oh, love yeah. that. Yeah, replica rings were a big deal in uh, 2018 and 2022, so I'm sure they'll be making a comeback this spring. You mentioned Garrett Cole, who I know who you knew early in his career, Duke. Now that he's like uh, big and famous and a bajillionaire, is he is he still the same approachable sort that he once was? No, he's he's left me far behind. <laughs> yeah, I used to play golf with him, you know, once a week, and now it's uh, maybe I hear from him once a year. <laughs> like me and Kinchin, you know, we used to be yeah. buddy, buddy all the time. And now I'm lucky if he returns my calls. Yeah, That's not the case just with you, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> we kid, we kid. Let's move on to this Sunday pick six at Santa Anita. Shout out to Joseph, who's watching us from the uh, Churchill Downs parking lot. Love that. If you're all watching right. live, give us a let us know in the comments where you're watching from. Excited to go over these races. Obviously, it's the mandatory pick six, but also a sequence where I know I'll be looking for individual opportunities to bet. We were talking about the Pegasus sequence last uh, earlier in the show, Duke, and for me, it was the perfect example of how horizontal bets can you know be your they, they can be your salvation. They can be your downfall. I feel like I was incredibly right about every other race on the card. And because mm -hmm. I was multitasking, I'm doing TV. I'm not really thinking vertically on the day. Put it all into horizontals. And, of course, then it all blows up. But, you know, it's a good framework, at least, to look at the Sunday card at Santa Anita. I think there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on it. 
between the uh, lack of any serious football, no offense to our friends out there who love the Pro Bowl and or the new the newly invented version of it. But uh, good day to pay attention to some racing. I'm going to be on TV for basically the entire Santa Anita card for folks uh, watching internationally on Sky Sports Racing. We're going to start talking about race number four with these three year old Cal bred fillies made in special weights going six furlongs on the turf. Duke, we'll start with you. How do you want to light this candle? Oh, you give me the easy one, huh? <laughs> this race, um, this is the race in a pick six like this. The just you better have an all because these horses are uh, very, very, um, I would say slow. Uh, the only horse that really, I mean, sticks out is the one loyal to a fault, but he's gonna have the you know, he's he's gonna have more than 50% of the you know, tickets here. So you got to somehow try and beat them. You need, and you know, I'm a huge Mario Gutierrez fan from the <laughs> Royal, so. You know I'm not going to be singling him. Um, my angle uh, would probably would be to go to the bottom horse, Timely Luck. There's not a lot of speed in here. I'm hoping to switch to the grass. Uh, the mare uh, had one fold that did win on grass. It was going a route. But this horse showed a little bit of speed first time out. Uh, wasn't played much. Um, was 20 to 1. But switching to the grass, I don't know about Prospect Park as a turf sire yet. But... Uh, he, was, he, he definitely was a decent turf horse. I think he won uh, uh, first time out on the grass himself uh, in a stake race. So Timely Luck is uh, just the interesting horse for me probably to maybe take him wire to wire. Yeah, I don't mind that idea at all. And, you know, with your ticket construction, you'll work out things where you have everybody to some degree. You'd even have the, uh, the, the big long shots in here. You think they can win too, it sounds like, the five and the six? They would be they would be difficult to get to, but I mean, um, there's really no breeding on that on the five. Smoke them on the cliff. I try I tried to find something there. I couldn't find much, and uh, the six has just been super slow. And I, I know uh, I know the trainer there. Edward is a good friend of mine, Edward Freeman. He he sure. likes the other one better. He likes move as silk to uh, hit the board in there. I talked to him yesterday, and he. Uh, he likes the idea of cutting this horse back and uh, making one run. He, if you watch tape two back, he got a ton of trouble. Um, you can throw that race right out. Last time was kind of a little dull, but maybe with the blinkers on, you know, got Lasix last time. So maybe second time Lasix. I think he's a good, you know, she's a good horse to use second and third. Probably not going to get there. Looking at pace figures, though, she does seem ripe for a cutback. Seems to be slowing down late in those mile races, and in a field like this, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to leave her out. Nick, let's bring you in. Do you have any stronger opinion in here? Maybe we'll start with the favorite, loyal to a fault. Are you with or against? I mean, I think you have to be with enough to at least use. I think it's hard to really latch onto this horse as one that you want to you want to put a lot of your chips on because. She's been disappointing on numerous occasions and has really squandered a couple of golden opportunities to win. How she lost that race in late October at Santa Anita is just beyond me. I mean, that was a pace that totally worked in her favor. And, and she somehow lost she lost to a good horse and grazed my heart, um, who came back and won a Calbred stake, obviously, a few months later. But still, it, these have not been compelling performances. I've also noticed that it's six on the straightaway. It seems like there's a real benefit to being forwardly placed. These races just don't. There's a race a little bit later that features some horses coming out of one that was run at just a supersonic early pace, and it really didn't come apart that much. So I, I, that's why I landed the same place Duke did with the seven-time Leelock, who I felt like there was just enough turf pedigree, as, as Duke said, and this horse is going to be forwardly placed. I feel like Kyle Frail put him up 
are on the lead. And that might really be all it takes because the other horses with experience either want to go longer or just really aren't very good. Seven and one for you on a top line, or is the one more of a yeah, backup? Seven, any seven other? and one on the top line, right? I could back up with the two and the three. The the three is not without pedigree altogether, but uh, you know, interesting how a flincher out of a Dynaformer dam ended up in a sale in Arizona. Yeah, that is kind of wild. Um, it, we'll see what the what's that one called? Palacinta has in store as we kick off this pick six. We'll move to race number five on Sunday at Santa Anita. The sequence I should have pointed out before begins at five Eastern. And uh, this race is a $40,000 claimer. Phillies and mares once again, four and up, seven furlongs on the dirt. We've got a morning line favorite, Nick, in Violent Runner, and then Delmar Drama right behind on the morning line at five to two. You interested in getting stuck into one of those or maybe something at the higher end of the odd spectrum? You know, in modern racing, the line between $40,000 claimers and graded stakes horses has blurred a lot more than it ever had before. And Violent Runner went from being basically a 40 claimer to running in a graded stake race. And granted, she didn't run particularly well in the Las Flores, but she's really back where she belongs. You wonder for a second about why Sadler would want to run her for a tag again. But, you know, she lacks a certain number of conditions. She's probably not good enough to win a two other than anyway. So he's going to, going to go ahead and dangle her for 40000 She was kind of a win machine before she ran into better horses last time. Seems like an obvious horse to use for me. I picked Miss Fia on top just because of the improved race last time out. Now second off the layoff, off the barn switch. Feels like a horse that just might be moving in the right direction at the right time. She's a horse that's found a way to win on a number of occasions. I do think the, the five artists is very dangerous as the main speed as well. So I'm going to use all three of those. I don't really want to separate them terribly much. I'm probably going a little deep in using all three, but uh, I don't have enough confidence in any one of that trio to really uh, go ahead and, and kind of hone in there. Fair enough. Duke, how do you see this one? Yeah, Violet Runner, as Nick said, is definitely the horse to beat here. I think she'll be even lower than eight to five. Um, if she runs a race two back, she wins. I mean, that's just bottom line. She's just she's just better if she runs that race. Now, last time she was off Lasix, which I've talked about a lot on the last show. So that could have been the reason she ran worse. It could have been the competition. Um, but she is back in for 40. Who You never know. I mean, maybe she's got a hole in her. She, she is five years old. So um, I just think she, Sadler runs them where they, uh, where they fit. So this horse will probably have a lot of my tickets, Violent Runner. Um, if I had to go behind her, I'd go with Miss Fia. That race last time kind of came back to life, Miss Fia. I don't know. I'm not sure how, but she, she ran really, really well last time at a step below 32,000. Not a huge fan of the uh, the girl rider, uh, Pfeiffer, but she's, and she hasn't been riding much lately either. She's been doing more commentating than, than riding. Um, so I'm a little worried about that for her because she's uh, she's been kind of, just working horses in the morning and doing afternoon stuff. But I, I'm, I'm really three, four in there. Just uh, nobody else. All right. We got uh, some consensus in race number five. We'll move on to the graded stakes portion of the Sunday card with the grade three San Marcos four and up. We're going a mile and a quarter on the turf this time around. And uh, a race that I think it'll be interesting to see what happens on the front end. I was thinking that maybe Evan Harlan would have enough speed to go with master of Foxhounds and set this up for something from off the pace. Duke, what do you see playing out pace wise and what numbers will be on your tickets? Looks like a lot of pace, as you said, or at least, uh, at least two or three of them, the one, the two, and uh, maybe one other that uh, I'm trying to think of Prince Obama, I guess goes near the lead, but it's basically the one and the two. So if you think one of those is going to sit, the race could go slow and you, you just never know in uh, California what these guys are going to do. Um, 
Maldonado likes to go, so I would say the one will go and the two won't probably. Um, that'll put Master of Foxhounds in maybe a chasing spot, which uh, I'm not sure he likes that. He's more of a horse that likes to get out there by himself and uh, you know run free. Like I needed him in the race at Del Mar uh, in the tournament. I actually had a pretty good bet on him at 20 to 1. It looked like he was going to get there. Oh. And, uh, just got beat late. Um, that being said, I like a couple weird horses in here. I like, um, yes, this time. Mark Glad has been super hot. Uh, I think he won a couple uh, yesterday, and he just, Barnes really, really heating up. And I like these East Coast, West Coast moves on the grass. Um, I just think for the price, he's been a mile and a quarter, ran second in a, a mile and a quarter race at Kentucky Downs in 2021. I think these horses fit better when they go east to west on the grass. So that's that's a horse I'm really interested in. And then another horse who drew a really bad post is Avenue, the 10. Avenue's had some interesting trips lately. You know, like they haven't been good setups. Kind of got lost last time. I don't know what happened. He just kind of got way, way behind it. And he he's not a horse that needs to be that far behind. And uh, Mike McCarthy does a great job with these uh these horses going a mile and a quarter on the grass. I just don't like the post, but at the price, 12 to 1, got to use. Very interesting. Of the more obvious runners, uh, who else would be on on tickets? Or, or are you comfortable just going with the prices here and leaving it at that? Say the word is a definite use, but he's off, you know, 11 months. Um, that's, I, I hate to take horses off 11 months going a mile and a quarter, but if anybody can do it, the motto can. He's, uh, you know, nobody wins more races than he does in these uh, long turf races. So I'd probably use that one, and maybe Master of Foxhounds would be my fourth choice. Nick, let's bring you in for your thoughts on this one. Who do you like? Yeah, I kind of reluctantly picked Say the Word, who I I thought was maybe just a better horse than these. But if he if he's in one piece, yeah, I think he'll be he'll certainly have a major say in it. The layoff is the concern, but as Duke said, I mean Demato's so good off the bench. Even even though he's not having a typical Demato like meet at this point, I still think he's good enough to win, and he should get a, a pretty solid setup. I mean, he was a huge bet two back off of just a nightmare trip at Del Mar in uh, in August of twenty one, and and clearly something went wrong. So. We'll see what he has to offer. I think there are a lot of horses in here that are traps that I want to kind of avoid. And Dicey Mochara and the Great Wizard are two of them. Dicey Mochara is good enough to win, but he had a perfect trip last time and really had everything go his way when Master of Foxhounds was kind of supposed to win that race. The way it unfolded really, I thought, went to the favor of somebody coming from off the pace. And the Great Wizard is just takes money sort of pretty regularly in spots where he doesn't necessarily deserve it. So I, I wanted to use Avenue as well, uh, probably more as a backup. I agree totally on yes this time. This horse has been facing pretty decent horses as well on a consistent basis and seems to run uh, just about every time. He's not bothered by not having Lasix either. So I'm a Mark Glatt fan. But yeah, I would say kind of on, on my top line, uh, I would use probably the, the five and eight and um, and I'd be inclined to back up with the two and ten. All right, the two and the ten on the backup line as we move to race number seven. We've got more stakes action in the grade three. Paulos Verdes, six furlongs on the dirt. Nick, we'll keep it with you. Yeah, I picked Radical Right. I mean, I, I think this is a kind of a, a 
pretty solid fit. This horse was getting into really good form when he got back to the dirt for Dale Capuano, and now he's in Peter Miller's care. This is a an owner that claims CZ Rocket, and this is a, a guy who's had a lot of horses run well with Miller in this kind of scenario. I think there's enough pace to set him up. It looks like straight no chaser, and Hopkins should probably battle early. I've got some reservations about whether either of them are both quite good enough or as good, maybe running without Lasix. Maybe the times they failed in the past, they've just been facing much better horses. So I'm just going to use Radical Right and how be it. I'm kind of Captain Obvious here. I feel like one of those two will end up winning. What do you think about the pace here? You mentioned about Maldonado being kind of a sender. You know Hopkins is going to go. Will it be enough to get Howbeit, who I ended up picking on the show I did with JK for the Coast to Coast uh, bet, or uh, or do you think some of that speed can hang around in there, Duke? Yeah, it's a tough one. You know, I mean Maldonado is going to go from the rail. I just I just know his style. He goes, he loves to send from those inside posts, and um, he's going to go. The question is, will Hopkins go with him? You know, or is he fast enough to go with him? Uh, which I think he is. Um, Baffert doesn't usually take too many back seats. That being said, I think they have to hook up at some point, maybe not right away, but definitely uh, definitely by the half they'll hook up, and that's going to set it up for, you know, the Knicks pick, which Peter Miller's great with these uh, these uh, horses that he acquires from, uh, you know, the East Coast or wherever he acquires, acquires them from. He's just good with these kind of sprinters. He's won the Breeders' Cup sprint, um, I don't know, a bunch of times, and – these, this looks like one of these horses that he's just going to, you know, have as an older horse for a while. And he's just going to move him right up into these um, these stake races in California. How be it is a nice horse. Can't take anything away from him. He, he ran uh, one, two back, you know, at Santa Anita. Got a pretty good setup that day. Didn't get a setup last time. So, again, I, I'm not really uh, far off what Nick was saying. The only horse that I kind of would maybe throw in as a, as a crazy one is escape route escape route has some races where he fits. He has a races back that fit. It's just his last race is so bad. Um, it was, it was at Churchill and he was really bad, but interesting that Glatt would run uh, two horses in here. Cause I would think he would be fine with just how be it. So why is he, why would he run escape route? So just interesting that he's actually putting them in here. Yeah, interesting. If he was just going to make the race go, he might scratch too. So if he if he turns up, um, you know, it, it it might be a signal of intent. I mean, at the price he's going to be, it doesn't feel like a bad idea to uh, have one line running through, or at least use uh, underneath in your verticals. Race number eight is an allowance race. We're going uh, down the hill this time, right? This is a down the hill six and a half, and we've got uh, we've got a peaceful field. Duke, is this one where you can get creative? Yeah, I think he can. Um, the morning line, you know, is pretty good in this race, I think, because it is such a wide open race. They, they got a bunch of horses in the four to five to one range, which I think is going to happen. Um, the, the, the trouble with this race is, is, is there going to be the pace that it looks like on the paper? On the paper, it looks like there's going to be a lot of pace. It looks like Augusta Melody, Virat, Law Abiding. Looks like there's at least three that, have to go, you know, forward and, and, and be on the pace. So we're going to have to go with that angle. I'm going to go with that, and I'm going to pick do it for Andrew. Do it for Andrew. Um, Phil D'Amato, Flavian Pratt, probably will be lower than 5-1, to one, probably be about, I'd say, 3.5-1. to one. But last time, got left in the gate and uh, kind of just got hung out, like hung out on the on a turn. And, and Nick was mentioning that six furlong race. The six furlong race 
has been favoring horses that are up close and inside. And this horse did not get anything like that last time. He was wide and um, just think he's going to get a better trip on the hill. Going to get pace scenario. I just think he's probably in the right spot. And uh, it's hard to go against D'Amato in these uh, turf sprints. Any um, concern about how Pratt's been riding? It's just, I mean, it's not been, to my eye, it hasn't been like I've been seeing mistake after mistake, but it's not his usual record of success. Is that just noise that's going to correct itself any minute, Duke? I just think there's better riders in California all of a sudden. I think he was riding against, you know, the the week of the week for a while. He had the, you know, the, they had a weak colony for a couple of years, and now they got they got some decent riders again. So, and you got the Tory out there, that Kimura is is an uh, up and coming rider. DeSormo's riding tremendously, by the way. He's yep. off the sauce and he's uh, he's <laughs> back riding, he's back riding like a champ. So, I mean, that Vasquez guy can ride and Johnny V. I mean, you got Hector Berrios. You got guys that can actually ride again. So, I think he just looks normal again. Flavian right. looks like he's just, uh, you know, one in the crowd. So, I'm not really worried about that, especially uh, he knows the he knows the downhill course. And I just think this horse is going to get the right trip. Any numbers you want to mention to come with for verts or uh, or horizontal backups, or are you, are you singled in here? No, not singled, but um, Tulsa Tornado, the number 10. He's an interesting horse. Ran on the poly last time, just kind of tossing that race. The race before that got into a speed duel, um, going six. And before that, you know, ran a really good second and a one other than uh, going a mile. So I just think maybe – Six and a half down the hill might fit might fit this horse, gets Lasix back on from the last race, uh, you know, the, the poly race. And just I think he's a good use. I think the horse will hit the board. I like that idea. Nick, what are you what are you thinking in here? Yeah, just a really interesting race. I mean, by far and away, my favorite race in the sequence. And the race that I referenced earlier being a fast-paced race that kind of it didn't hold together. The winner came from last, but that December 31st race nine, Code Duello, who came from last. Got out of the gate poorly, was actually supposed to be a speed horse, and it ended up being doing him a huge favor because he circled the field and won the race. But I, I guess part of it, and you know, if you're a pace figure user, everybody had to run faster early in there than they're accustomed to, including Do It for Andrew. And when I watched the replay, initially I thought, boy, Do It for Andrew, even after a, a subpar start, I mean, it looked like he had dead aim at the eighth pole and he kind of hung. But you look at pace figures and he went. 25 points faster early than he's comfortable going. So I think in a scenario where going down the hill, you know, yeah, you naturally go faster, obviously running downhill, but it's, it's a situation where I don't think he'll be hurt as much by, uh, by the pace, if that even makes sense. I picked law abiding and I want to bet law abiding in here. I think this is a great jockey change. I don't really know what Joe Bravo was doing last time. I find myself saying that very frequently uh, about him. And I don't know why this horse was setting a suicide pace when he had really been comfortable being, a, you know, a stalker. And I think with DeZormo getting on, they're going to go back to tactics where he kind of settles and makes one run. And he probably ran. I mean, I, I don't think probably he definitely ran better than he ever has before last time. So he felt interesting to me at a price. I thought that Virat ran probably the best race in there. And, and, and you kind of had to use him again with Rispoli staying on board. Um, he passed horses, which he's never hadn't done before, really with any success. So I think he seemed like one that I wanted on my tickets. I'll use do it for Andrew as well. And Gregory's pride, who just never wins, but seems to get into the frame every time. I guess he kind of drew well being on the outside here. And um, and he should get plenty of pace to run at. Also, he might be one of those turf sprinters that's better suited to actually a little bit shorter trip than the downhill. But 
felt like a horse who could win. So I'm going to loan eight to six in the pick six and back up with a couple of, uh, of runners like the four, five, and 11 and uh, just see if, you know, maybe this would be my good opinion for the sequence. You mentioned liking the race. Does that mean you would attack this vertically as well? Maybe uh, keying the six and feathering in those other three numbers? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm obligated to bet the six to win if he's 10 or 12 to one. So I would certainly play him in some exactos with the four and um, to a lesser extent, the five and 11. Let's talk about race number nine, where we stay in the allowance ranks. One mile on the turf this time around in another full field. Uh, Nick, we'll throw it right back in your court. So the only guy that might have a better day than me, if I'm right about these last two races, is George Papadromu. So I picked his horse again here, the A. Candarell. He kind of has bizarrely good numbers from a small sample claiming on the turf. He's three for his last six. And it's a $14 and change ROI, not because one horse was 50 to one, but the three winners have all been kind of in this range, you know, in that 10, 12, 14 to one range. This just looks like a claim with intent, right? I mean, you claim a horse coming out of five and a half furlong race, you immediately go to a mile. He's had limited opportunities going long. You know, this might be a horse who's always wanted to go a little longer. And, and if you use the City of Hope Mile as any indication, I mean, I know it was a six-horse field and he really didn't put a scare into anybody, but he certainly didn't seem to struggle with the mile. So I'm wondering if he just gets kind of the right trip coming from a little bit off of it. I, I looked through here pretty extensively trying to make sure that Mecklenburg couldn't wire the field. And luckily, I think that Rip City will probably keep him from doing that. Maldonado being drawn uh, on the outside will have to use him a little bit early. I'm going to use the obvious other horses like Flashiest, who comes in off a huge effort in the San Gabriel. Leonard Powell started to meet really hot. It's not as if he's gone into any kind of cold spell or anything, but I mean, he started off very, very strongly, including getting the one-two finish there. So I have no big lean against Flashiest. The horse that uh, I'd be interested in hearing what Duke has to say, he's really not for me, is Lincoln Hawk, who I feel like is kind of going backwards, surprisingly, since getting into Phil D'Amato's barn. I mean, he was listless last time. He had absolutely nothing to offer as the six-to-five favorite and um, and I, I don't see him really bouncing back. We'll start with that horse, Lincoln Hawk. Duke, are you in agreement with Nick, or will this one be uh, in your reckoning of the race? No, I didn't. I don't have Lincoln Hawk as anywhere on my tickets. Um, like Nick said, he just didn't do any running last time, and uh, it looks like he's he's go he's slipping a little bit, or he's just not in good form. Um, no, I, I didn't have him. I. I'm using a lot of horses in this race, but I'm leaning on Mecklenburg. Mecklenburg um, stumbled really bad at the start last time. And I know we got Rip City here from the far outside with Maldonado, and that worries me a little bit because he likes to put the horses in the race. And uh, But so does this Ricky Gonzalez. When I, This guy pretty much for me is a, is a, is a one-angle one rider. He, either go, he just goes and lets them roll and... That's the only way he can really win, and I think that's what he's going to do here as long as he doesn't stumble at the start. I think he'll just let him roll, and you can see, you'll see that a lot at uh, Santa Anita going a mile. Horses will go 45 and change and hang on. Um, they can just wing it and, and just somehow hang on. It's just uh, the turf course is just a um, little bit tighter turn you know, at a mile, and it's just they seem like somehow they can uh, get it home. So he, I'm leaning on him, but I got a lot of horses that I lap underneath. I think you have to use flashiest. Um seems like he's just a, a one-run closer that's just going to – he's going to come running, especially if the pace sets up for him. I'm going to use Exalted. Exalted, I thought, ran a pretty bang-up race last time when he had a he had an outside post and still won, you know, stalking and pouncing. I think i got to use him. I'm going to use Nick's horse, Candarell. I'm not – I'm a little scared of taking a horse off Mandela because Mandela is not usually a guy you, you can improve much off of because usually he usually um, burns him up himself, so – 
I just think Candarell could be a, a big price and uh, sit just off the pace. And I'm also going to use Love Love. Love Love goes back on Lasix. I thought ran uh, an okay okay third last time with Bravo and switches to Pratt. I think Thor's actually has a chance of uh, making one big run late and definitely getting in the try. Do you see grading those five runners, Duke, into A's and B's types, mains and backups, or, or are you going to play them more or less equally when it comes to the pick six? Uh, two, six, probably A's, um, B's, three, eight, ten. To your point, both of your point about Candarell, I mean, looking at time form U.S. figures, that City of Hope was the best run. So stretching back out to the mile, I mean, it seems it seems interesting to me, at least. We'll, we'll see. I mean, at that kind of price, I feel like everybody should be throwing in some eights here. And, Nick, before we move on, any other numbers you wanted to name check or just eight, two? Um, no, I would use the six as well. I, I'd also uh, – I'd have no issue using Exalted, who Duke brought up, who I thought did improve a ton last time on the turf. So no, no argument there for me at all. All right, two, three, and six backing up in this spot uh, to close things out for Nick with the eight as the main opinion. I didn't really prep you guys for doing a best bets thing, but Duke, you've been slaying it with them, so I'd be doing a disservice to the viewers if I didn't ask you uh, if you could only pick one of these horses we talked about or if there's anything early on the card, what what, would you, what are you going to call out for the best bet? Um, That's a tough one. Uh, <laughs> the tough best bet today, I would say... I think for the price, I'd go with yes this time, race uh, six, number five. All right, race six, number five. And Nick, was there – I mean, you had a cup. It feels like either of those runners late for you could be uh, could be considered uh, best bets. If I, if I made you – if you could only play one of them, which one would it be? I'd tell you law-abiding, and that would probably increase Candarell's chances. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make that the, uh, the official opinion. Well, this was so much fun, guys. Really appreciate you uh, coming here day early. I mean, it is funny. We, we will uh, – I didn't want to do it Sunday morning because then it's like there's not enough shelf time. I know everybody's brains are on Saturday, but we still had a, a, a nice crew watching along and we appreciate everybody who came in live. We're going to be doing more. We'll be doing more of these first look shows. Uh, Chappie couldn't be here today. Apparently he's down with an illness, non-COVID, but he was having some trouble speaking, which is a hard a hard fate to imagine for Chappie Duke, isn't it? I, I've never known yeah, him to be a lot can't, can't imagine Chappie being quiet. That's a, that's a rare <laughs> Maybe thing. he'll tweet. Maybe he'll tweet some of his opinions as well because he's been aces on these shows as well. Guys, we'll be back soon doing more stuff, but I uh, really want to thank Nick and Duke one more time. We'll remind folks we've got a 1230 post time for this mandatory payout. There's a coast-to-coast -coast bet running on Sunday. Every Saturday and Sunday we've got those. For lots of information about the great contest activity going on, santanita.com slash contest. You're going to want to check that out for sure. And if you're a first bet or express bet person, if you haven't opted in already, you get 10 bucks back every day that the coast to coast runs uh, for this, uh, for this meet at Santa Anita. So that's just free money. So you should definitely be, you got to just go to your promotions and opt in. And then the money just appears in your account the next day. It's a good deal. Take advantage. That's it. Peter Thomas Fornatown for our friends at Santa Anita for in the money media. We'll be back very soon. Check us out in the May you win all your photos.